0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: You asked us 21 questions. Most of them are about the Chiefs, but definitely not all this week. What's up, everybody? My name is Ken Swanson. This is 21 Questions. This is a podcast that you normally get exclusively on the KCSN Substack. Uh we decided, you know, with with the bye week and and with uh you know with no game, we decided just to go ahead and maybe give you guys a, a look at what we do every week on the KCSN Substack. Uh, so you're going to get you know all of the mailbag questions that we we get from the wonderful participants on the KCSN Discord another fun feature of uh, of our of our final substack that we got going. So we got plenty of questions to answer here to answer those questions are my beautiful dear pals a very frustrated tucker franklin what's good? Nothing is
2: good. <laughs> um You set me up perfectly for that, and so um, that's just how I feel right now. I was at the Sporting KC game, so I have no emotions right now, and I was with it with another uh, good pal, BJ Kissel. BJ, how are you doing?
3: I'm doing slightly better than you, but that was a very frustrating way to end any sporting event, let alone a playoff game at home in which we were making plans for the next game that we were going to watch, which made it even more frustrating uh to lose to that team in that way. But other than that, I'm excited to do uh the 21 questions and to see our two pals uh in different parts of the country, including Maddie Lang. Well
4: guys, I, I'm I'm sad that I couldn't join you guys for this uh this soccer game because it sounded like soccer match. Sorry, sorry sorry <laughs> soccer fans around the world it's a match not a game I'm I'm aware you guys aren't playing with shoots and ladders. That is my bad. Uh I have no idea how this game was lost i don't know what you guys are talking about can somebody briefly fill me in on how this loss went down tucker i'm throwing it to you because you look you're the most qualified for, for this part
2: yeah so what happened was sporting played not to lose not to win if that makes sense um so they basically sat back a whole lot kind of allowed salt lake to have the front foot and you know salt lake took advantage you know they got an equalizer i think it was like the close to the 80th minute and then in stoppage time the first minute of two minute stoppage time um you're making me recant the worst moments of my life um and they they found the back of the net yeah listen i'm i'm allowed to be oh wait that wasn't the right word it's okay i'm allowed to be dramatic um because it's less than 24 hours after it happened that's always the rule that i have um so you can be dramatic 24 hours after
1: after an event but after that you can't be so upset he called it recanting uh let's go ahead maddie the, and get...
3: good, maddie the good news is i plugged our podcast a lot so our <laughs> soccer podcast it's going to get future. off the ground yeah Listen, this, like
4: that's that. all i really need to know is like how many people got the business cards for the for the kcs and soccer podcast coming soon not as many there were a lot of
3: kids around us so i couldn't really mm. emphasize the effing but just effing kick it it's got a future
1: still works All right, let's get into these questions. Uh, We we ask questions uh, on the KCSN Discord every single week. Uh, It's one of the when you subscribe, when you're a paid subscriber on the KCSN Substack, uh, which by the way, just go to the go kcsn.substack.com. You can uh, you know sign up there very easily. But we have a Discord channel. It's a really fun community that's really developed in a very short amount of time, and it's been really cool to kind of see the conversations that are had on there. It's not just Football, or I mean, there's a sporting there's sporting conversations. There's college football. There's NFL draft conversations happening year round. We even have a dogs of Casius and you know page to or uh, like uh, stream going. So there's a lot of fun conversations being had over there. uh But these are the questions we got. So we're gonna we're gonna ask them right now. And BJ Captain Denny asks, what gave you guys the idea for the holiday raffle? Do you have any special connection to the group it is benefiting that you want to share, Beach?
3: Uh, yeah, I'll try to be quick. Um, we had, we've been doing feed it forward, uh, the, the cookie society, hundred cookies to different schools and different teachers around the Kansas city area, uh, had dropped them off at operation breakthrough and talked with Jennifer over there and being with the chiefs kind of familiar with operation breakthrough and everything they had going on. Um, kind of new in the back of my mind like in we've all talked about it wanting to do to do different things around the holidays um my dad growing up had actually done a lot at della lamb and the toy drive that they had when i was a kid growing up so i actually after i left operation breakthrough reached out to della lamb it was too late for their toy drive because they need those Early enough to kind of organize everything, and so they said, "Let's talk for next year." And I had just been at Operation Breakthrough, so I reached back out. I went to their website, saw they did a toy drive, reached out and said, "Hey, if we did something, could we be a part and you know donate these toys to you?" And they said, "Absolutely." And said, "How quickly can you get something together?" And 24 hours later, we had a bunch of prizes and <laughs> had a graphic together, and uh, and we've already done really really well. I think I put out on social media. We've already had over 50 donations. Uh, for 50 different people Um, already raised a few thousand dollars already gonna have more than 100 toys for kids and hopefully that continues to grow so it has been absolutely amazing already Uh, love our community love our discord love our subscribers and just cheese fans in general Kansas city in general Uh, it's really cool to see everybody support stuff like this
1: yeah i wanted to make sure we asked this question first just you know bj just tell everybody real quick how they can donate how they can enter the raffle maybe a few of the prizes just give people a chance to learn a little bit about what we are doing with the soul of KC.
3: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Yeah. Soul of KC. It's basically a a first annual, we're going to try to do this every year, but it's a holiday raffle, toy drive. Uh, You can go to the KC Sports Network uh, Venmo account um, under the business side, Uh, just at KC Sports Network, and you can spend, donate $20 for one ticket, or you can donate $100 and you get 10 tickets. uh, And then we will have a drawing on december 16th which is a thursday night it's a thursday night the chiefs play the chargers we're going to draw the prize the we're gonna draw the winners for all the prizes that we have during that post game show but some of the prizes that you can win that we will draw for on that game or on that post game show the patrick mahomes autographed mini helmet a chris jones autographed jersey two tickets to the chiefs game against the steelers with a parking pass Creed Humphrey signed game-worn gloves, some guys' chips, cookie society, $100 gift cards to the Capitol Grill, to Third Street Social, to Q39, to Rally House, and to Holiday Distillery, uh, six-pack of Jackson Family Wine. I could go on and on. There's more stuff than that, but ton of stuff. And a partridge
4: um, in a pear tree exactly
3: (laughs) so a lot of really really cool stuff so you donate twenty dollars you are buying a toy for a kid who otherwise wouldn't get one and you're getting a chance to win that cool stuff the drawing goes till december 8th that's when we're going to cut it off chance for that money over go buy a bunch of toys for these kids and like i said december 16th we will draw the winners for all those prizes so the more money we that's donated the more toys we can go buy for kids
1: when you can do the math i think we have like 17 prizes so you know you know, we have over 50 donations now. There's good math on a chance of winning one of those things, too. So as of right now, so you might want to take advantage of that. All right, let's get into more of these questions. Maddie J, our guy, asks, uh, if Patrick Mahomes is a Thanksgiving dish, what would he be?
4: Ooh, okay. This, this is a tricky one. All right. So a Thanksgiving dish, unfortunately, the colors on the plate are a little bland. You know, they're all kind of the same neutrally color. There's a lot of browns, a lot of grays, a lot of whites. Even if you do sweet potatoes, it's kind of like a dullish orange color. But there is one thing that stands out above all else, the cranberry sauce. It's the only thing in a Thanksgiving dish that can't be replaced by something else. There is no substitute for the cranberry sauce. You can do ham instead of turkey. You can have sweet potatoes instead of mashed potatoes or a baked potato instead of stuffing you can use cornbread whatever it may be there's one thing on your thanksgiving plate that does not have a substitute the cranberry sauce patrick mahomes is the cranberry sauce he's the fun he's the excitement and the unreplaceable piece of the dish
2: that's a good that's a good train of thought there and i think that there's like two schools of thought here of you know the main event, and I try not to overthink this too much. Um, I try not to go to bed every night thinking, "What Thanksgiving dish uh, Patrick Mahomes would be?" But it just happens. <laughs> you right. don't. Um, uh, and I think that I think, just simply put, Thanksgiving is centered around the turkey, and I think Patrick Mahomes has to be the turkey because that's the star of the show, and and he's just the star.
1: Maybe that's. Too I sad. think that I think that's the tier one answer uh i'm gonna maddie answered a little bit this isn't entirely a side dish but it's on the, it's on the thanksgiving table specifically for your kids he's the ketchup because he loves ketchup there you go all right bj what do you got
3: i don't know but it's not ketchup and it's not cranberry sauce just because okay. not everybody likes cranberry sauce but everybody likes the greatest quarterback to ever play the game based on the start we've seen to the career so i don't know what the answer is i don't think it's cranberry sauce and turkey seems too generic and nice i'm potatoes. thanks it's whatever, it's whatever your it's whatever the best item is to that particular person. It changes.
4: That, you said you didn't want a Maddie answer. listen to this nonsense.
3: <laughs> all I know is it's not that. It's not ketchup. For crying out loud, it's not cranberry. I've eaten cranberry sauce my entire life on Thanksgiving.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I'm sorry. All right, <laughs> anti-lawyer <laughs> asks, how much money would you be willing to offer Byron Pringle to stick around after this year? I think he's a number four wide receiver, but a very good one. I could really see the Chiefs continuing to play Byron Pringle similar to how they're playing Demarcus Robinson on these one-year you know, vet minimum-type deals where he's getting a million or two. uh, Nothing too outlandish. I don't know what the market's really going to look like for him outside of that. Maybe he's able to go on somewhere else and get a little bit of money, but I think that $2 million range that Demarcus Robinson's sitting at, that's probably a fair range for where he's going to wind up, I think. All right, the big institution's biggest fan. Do we, dare I say, have a good defense again, he asks, BJ?
3: Uh, yeah, I thought we always had a pretty good defense, but if everybody's going to judge on what's happened over the last four games, all of a sudden we're the best in the world and we're going to have a couple bad games and everyone's back to cut everybody, we're just going to stay right in the middle and say, if we stay healthy and Chris Jones plays the way that he has lately and Melvin Ingram continues to make the impact that he has and they don't overdo it early for him and kind of, again, get that ascent to where they're playing the top football towards the end of the year. Uh, yeah, I think they're going to be a pretty good defense. I'm going to say that right now, and some people are saying they're the best in the league because they—no one else has ever allowed you know more than or less than twenty points in four straight games. Like, just let them go out there; they're going to have a game, where they don't play real well, and everyone's going to freak out. So, uh, yeah, but in general, I think they're pretty good, and as long as they stay healthy, I think they could be a reason that we go out there and we make a run in the playoffs. We need those guys to play well, and I think they have enough to go out and make enough plays with the way the offense is playing that they can kind of patchwork some of that stuff if if the offense isn't playing well and if they are um watch out
1: all right Casey Chris uh which guys on defense would you say are most likely staying this offseason most likely leaving this offseason and which guys are you on the fence about
4: All right. There's a a lot of guys. I'm not going to run through all of them. I don't believe that is what we're going for here. Uh, Big name guys whose contracts are up. I think Tyron Matthew will come back. I do think the Chiefs work out a way to resign him. So I think he will return. I think Dan Sorensen's contract is up and I just, I don't know how after this year you go ahead and pull that trigger unless it's entirely as a special teams player. So as of now, I'm going to lean towards no on him. Charvarius Ward's going to get paid. I don't think the Chiefs will be the team that is going to match the offer sheet that another team is going to offer him. So I think he is out. Derek Nottie, I think, will be back, but that means you will lose Jared Reed. And I think, as a kind of surprise, I think Melvin Ingram. I think he sticks around for at least one more year One more year for the Chiefs. I think it's working out really well. They do need to turn over the Alex Okafor defensive end position. I think Melvin Ingram's clearly an upgrade there for that veteran kind of rotational guy. So those are some of the big ones. If there's anybody else that I'm forgetting, you guys can lob one out there. But I think those are the big ones that come to mind.
1: I think you nailed it, bro. Well, thank you. Personally. All right, Abe Froman, who are we boat racing in the Super Bowl in L.A. this year, and will the biggest institution continue to push for a mac noodles here in the 316?
2: I mean, so first off, I got to give a shout out to Casey from Casey in the Discord, who is a dual citizen in the U.K. and U.S., and gave us the uh, rundown of the term boat racing and the history of it. It comes from... Uh, a boat annual rowing competition between Oxford and Cambridge colleges. Um, and you want to boat race. They want to boat race them. So it's actually, it's a very historical term. Little do people know that it's a very historical term. Uh, obviously the big institution will push for a Macadoodles. Yes. doodles um, Yes. They're going to take over the world. There it is right there. Craig in the flesh, <laughs> not quite, um, but uh, well, I you think. You
4: should put that I- back up. That way Craig's with us the entire time. Just hold that next to yeah. you and then Craig can join us
1: for the yeah, audio perfect. only listeners i am holding up the macdonal sign
2: it's a good visual gag on an audio medium uh but i think it's got to be tom brady right it's got to be the bucks just to kind of get that taste out of out of our mouth um you know i was kind of thinking about this one before and in other teams it's like doesn't seem as good as like beating up on tom brady would be like really satisfying
1: Steve Eduardo asks, do you think Andy's playing not to lose mentality had a role in the offensive struggles yesterday or specifically in the second half? And obviously this was asked shortly after the Cowboys game. He says, I sometimes wonder if Mahomes is being restricted when the team has a two-score lead, which then leads to inconsistency throughout the offense. So uh, there's a very common saying with NFL coaches, and it's not just Andy, it's everybody. It's you want to show as little as you can, Offensively, defensively, while still winning, so there is a line that everyone is trying to balance. They are trying to keep and maintain stuff and hold it in the chamber for big moments, for big games, for the playoffs, for the games that matter the most. There is a there's there's a there's a desire to you know hold some stuff back. I don't know if that's entirely what's going on here. I think there might have been a little bit of that, but I don't think in I don't think in its entirety. Um, with with regard to the uh, to the Cowboys I think there's there's some execution stuff there's some just basic execution stuff and I think you can very easily explain away um, you know a lot of points that were lost in that game um, to add a little bit you know to make that to make that all look a little bit better than it did but um, I I do think there was a a hint of Andy knew that game was in pretty good control up two scores and maybe they kind of unload a little bit more if they are a little bit more threatened than they were but I think this offense is still just struggling to find itself a little bit right now. Clayton F. I think I saw Nick Bolton out there in the nickel package. I don't remember him getting killed in coverage. Did he look better or did I miss it?
4: The Chiefs still do play Nick Bolton in the nickel from time to time. Uh, The issue is since Anthony Hitchens and Willie Gay have both been back, those two guys are just getting far more snaps uh in coverage than Nick Bolton is. So I still think he only had about 10 snaps in coverage. I don't believe he was targeted. So that's an improvement. He had kind of he's a guy that had given up one of the higher completion percentages against into his coverage for the Chiefs on the year. So I do think he's getting better. He's probably falling into his zone drops a little bit better. But I think even when you still just go back these last couple weeks, There's still just some issues with just hit the spacing, understanding route concepts and stuff like that. There's a reason that Anthony Hitchens is not great in coverage as he's been throughout the Chiefs, plays over Nick Bolton in coverage reps right now. I think it's still pretty evident but you're just kind of banking on this this knowledge. And he gets to that Anthony Hitchens level where he knows where he has to go. He understands guys coming into his zone. So you don't have some of these games like we saw against the Raiders to start that second half where every receiver was just falling in right behind the linebackers who weren't getting good depth and stuff like that over and over again. So there's a path. It's just not there. Go BJ.
3: No, no, I'm sorry. I was going to follow up. I just didn't want oh. anyone to, I didn't want to get to transition. next. I have a question for you because I've never asked you this before. And we never get a chance to talk about this stuff with Nick Bolton. Is he being asked to do things that he wasn't asked to do in college? And the reason that I ask is, is the optimistic side of me that wants to think, okay, if he's being asked to do things more in space that he hasn't done before, eventually he's going to get more comfortable moving laterally, moving, I guess, backward, moving into his drops. Was he asked to do this at the University of Missouri and he's continuing to not do things that he's been trying to do? Or is he literally being asked to do things that he hasn't either done a lot of or done recently? Is there a reason to be optimistic in that way?
4: Yeah. So at Missouri, I, I Nick Bowen was an interesting case because if you watch him play, when he sees the ball, he actually does show really good ball skills. If the ball's coming near him, he good, makes good hand-eye coordination. He drives on it well and everything like that. So there is a general level of understanding how to play at least the football. But when you watch him at Missouri, it was all spot drops or chasing a singular running back out into the flat. He wasn't really given significant or like NFL-level linebacker coverage reps. He wasn't asked to buzz out into the flat. He wasn't asked to carry wheel routes consistently. So I do Mm -hmm. think the transition for him from Missouri to the NFL in coverage has been a pretty drastic one. Willie Gay didn't play a lot in college. But he was asked to do a lot in coverage when he did play. He was doing all these different things. Nick Bolton was very much spot dropping in the middle of the field, and he really didn't move around much from his spot. That wasn't a coaching point that they drilled home. So I would expect that to get better throughout time and coaching in the NFL because it is just an entirely different process than how he kind of had to approach it while at Missouri.
3: Yeah, so it's not necessarily being – thinking he's going to change his athletic profile a whole lot, but there's reason to believe that he could be a little bit more comfortable. With some of those instinctual things that he'll just get naturally better at.
4: Yeah. And that's the big one. Does he feel an in-breaking route coming behind him? So he slides yeah. underneath it. I'm not saying he's going to flip his hips and perfectly run with the route, but he will feel it coming in behind him. He'll have better spacing to make the throw harder. He'll see another guy that's maybe not the direction he's looking coming into his zone. Like there's definitely reasons to yeah. think that he will improve in coverage going forward.
3: It- the equivalent of that would be like a cornerback who never turns his head in college just because he doesn't know how or he's not comfortable doing that isn't all of a sudden getting it to the NFL and just learns a technique that he never showed that he could do in college just because they weren't asked to. So that's where I was thinking.
1: Good follow Beach. You're good at this. You're good at this gig. Oh, DSM thanks. Derek asks you, because uh, I'm making you answer this, what would you rather or who would you rather bring back to the Cheese coaching staff, Matt Nagy or Doug Peterson?
3: Oh, I should have looked at these. Um, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> See that one, actually, I think I did. Um I like both those guys. See, I'll give you a little behind the scenes. So when I was with the chiefs, I used to on Thursdays when the coordinators would speak, I would always ask the coaches, like I'd stay, they do their media and they'd walk off to the side. They'd always have a couple of minutes where it's always Teresa and I and were asking like the nerdy football stuff. Um, But I would ask him like more pointed questions because I was trying to learn like what am I seeing and they knew I wasn't like trying to give away then everything that they just told me because that's horrible for me Uh, that's how I get lose my job so I would just try to learn the game and both those guys were awesome in like explaining things where I would ask a very simple question that I would feel like I'm comfortable asking you guys like a basic football question. Like, you know, I do, and I would do that to those guys and they never made me feel weird. They never made me feel less than or stupid for like, how did you get this job? You don't even know what like it was never that kind of um, experience. So both those guys were really, really good to me uh, in that kind of way. That said, I would believe that there'd be a better chance that Matt Nagy would come back. He has a relationship. He had been around Patrick Mahomes. Um, and I know that they had some sort of a relationship and anybody that would come back should be enemy, get a head coaching job and they want to bring a coordinator back. And for whatever reason, it's not Kafka because I think he's kind of waiting for that. Uh, but if it was to bring somebody back in some kind of role, I can see there being a place uh, for Matt Nagy on this staff beyond just the relationship he has with Andy Reed. I think at most people re- will at least remember when it's brought up that, Brett Veach and Matt Nagy are very, very close. Uh, going to college together, and their families are close, and all that with Stacy and everybody. So, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Nagy had the opportunity uh, to come back to Kansas City. Should something happen, I know there's all the reports, but um, I'd like to see Nagy back. That'd be awesome, and I love Doug, but I can see Nagy back.
1: I think that's. I think that's. I think that would be the betting favorite for me. Uh, Zach, some interacts. What is the single most fought after leftover each of your respective families? Thanksgiving.
2: Hmm, this is a good question. Um, for me, the Franklin family has this, uh, macaroni and cheese with corn in it. I just call it, we call it Mac and corn. I don't know if any of you guys, it's not what you're thinking of like box macaroni and cheese and canned corn. That's like, not it. It's like a baked macaroni and cheese and it has corn in it. It's delicious. It's the sweetness of the corn with the crunch and the, the creaminess of the Mac and cheese. Gotta give it a try one time. And it is heavily fought over at our house. And it's the first thing gone. If it makes it to the second day, it doesn't. Um and that's just how it goes.
3: <laughs> Kent's losing it.
1: Okay, Kent, we the guy, takes... <laughs> yeah, the guy who smashes an almond
3: joy. Yeah, the guy smashes an almond joy and a peanut butter. Time cup out.
1: Together. BJ, what what did you say when you tried that?
3: They're good, but I also don't go to Q thirty nine and get a chicken sandwich.
1: So <laughs> there's uh Ross asked uh, asked who has the worst food takes and why is it can't earlier and I almost kept that one in on twenty one questions so this is a perfect foray I'm laughing at mac and corn
2: <laughs> mac and corn I've <laughs> the never name heard of is,
1: the name is just so mac it got me I'm sorry DJ what what's the, what's the leftover at your house
3: oh roads rolls. Like those dinner rolls, like I'll I'll go ham on those things. I had a lot. I don't want anyone to judge me, but there's a lot of those things, and they're gone.
1: They're not keto.
3: No, no. I was gonna start again. I thought about Thanksgiving and like yeah, it, it wasn't gonna happen. But I started sweating. I ate so many rolls. I'll say that. Okay. I had the roll sweat. Roll sweat it was something. It was something. Okay. <clears throat>
4: um i mean for me there's an obvious choice it's the cranberry sauce like you no 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 lie we went to the store and probably bought about seven pounds of like frozen of cranberries just to freeze so that we can have them throughout the year like real cranberries i don't mean like canned sauce but like just to have cranberries around for pies or for fillings and stuff so, like yeah cranberries are great mm. but uh, there's no fighting over the cranberry sauce because, like I said, we have like seven pounds of them. Uh, it's turkey. It's always turkey. Like you can't have Thanksgiving leftovers without turkey. As soon as the turkey's over, you now just have a bunch of random sides. Like you've got to have something that you know ends up pulling it all together to make it a Thanksgiving leftover meal. Like you can have leftover mac and corn, but you can't just have that. You gotta you gotta cut up a hot dog and put it in there or something. <laughs> what?
1: turkey's up there for us. My mom makes a lot of like we have a special mashed potato we make with like cream cheese, sour cream, so we kind of we kind of, you know, spice up Baked our potato. Our, 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 yeah, it's like a mashed potato but with better flavors. So, we my mom makes a lot of that and then when my dad makes a brisket for Friday, those are just a side dish that we have left over to go with them. So, it's kind of a nice it's kind of a nice, you know, nice thing to have a lot of on Thanksgiving weekend. Andy Nagel asks, what's your thoughts on Jahan Dotson from Penn State? He seems to be similar to McColl, but he can run routes and has unbelievable hands and body control. What about that is McColl? <laughs> He's McColl if he wasn't McColl. Sorry, that was mean-ish. <laughs>
4: He's Hardman, but if he was good, is essentially <laughs> how that question read. Um, I think that's pretty fair. I don't think that Jahan Dotson is going to be McCall Hardman fast. He's not going to be, you no know, one's going to, I don't think, hand time him in the four twos. He's not going to have that elite you know, game-breaking level of speed. Do I think he's fast? Yes. Do I think he's all of these things? He's a great route runner. He's a guy that I do think, while being a little bit slighter, I do think he's gonna be a maybe a little under six foot in the one around 190. So he's not a big guy, but I do think he runs good enough routes that you can put him on the line of scrimmage, rely on him to be press. So I do like him as a receiver. I don't know if I feel great about his fit with the Chiefs, just the way Penn State's used him, they've used him a lot as the, as a gimmicky player and a vertical threat. So it makes sense as a McCole Hardman type replacement if you're just looking at them one-to-one. I just think he's a little bit more complete than that. But as far as the Chiefs, I'm still give me a big receiver. If I, as a Chiefs fan, I will pound the table forever. Give me another Dwayne Bow type receiver to pair with everybody else. I do think that's what they are in fact missing.
1: And as we talked about on the lab this week, a lot of X type receivers. There's a lot. I don't want to say there's a lot of Dwayne Bose, but there's a lot of those, a lot of those types. Uh, Ross Sawyer, who is more likely to be back next year, Eric Bienemi or Steve Spagnolo? I feel
2: like this is a trick question. You know, it's like if you think about this one too long, you might say the wrong answer. Um, but I think I think Spagnello is most likely to be back. Here's my thought process. Since the buzz around Bienname isn't as high as it has been, I think this is the year he gets a job. Um, just because it feels like when you least expect it, he's gonna get a job. And, and it might be this situation too. If Click Kingsbury leaves Arizona and he ends up going to OU, like the reports say, and there's gonna be a whole lot of stuff going on with coaching in the coaching ranks, and that could be a good spot uh for, for BNM to land. So I think that there is one of those those situations. There. And I think, kind of, when you're asking this question, it's like, is Spagnuolo going to be fired or is BNME going to get a head coaching cup? Is essentially what this question is saying. Um, but I don't think I think Spagnolo is not going anywhere. So I'm going to say Spags.
1: Can I give a hot take that I am in no way, shape, or form rooting for? And please Yikes. know when I say this that I am rooting for Eric <laughs> BNME in all ways, shape, or form and believe he deserves an opportunity to be a head coach. This is just how I feel about like the state of where we're at with all this situation. I think Doug Peterson's getting another NFL head coaching job before Eric bien does. So I think Doug's going to get going to be very much part of this cycle, this next, this next cycle. And he's going to wind up getting a gig being hired before Eric bien is. So
4: a semi follow-up to all this, give me your best guess to where Eric bien is coaching and what his role is next year. We'll just start with Tucker mm. and work our way around. Are you still with the um, Cardinals or do you have a, a No
2: I, I I think I want to stick with the Cardinals as a head coach. I think that's a fun one. I'd like to see him at the helm of the, that Cardinals team. You think he, do
3: do, you do think Cliff be getting Doug fired? Peterson's offensive coordinator?
1: <laughs> yeah, he no, might no, no, be. No. Like ugh. Cliff is Cliff's going to OU duh. I don't think that's happening, but uh give me I I I think I don't know. I think he might I, I just, I don't know. This is going to be, this is going to be such a fascinating one. I don't know. Like, does Eric Bieniemy come back and stay in Kansas City as the offensive coordinator if he doesn't get a job this cycle?
3: Like, and that's How a long big... can they keep Mike Kafka from being exactly. an offensive coordinator? So Kafka's what they starting
4: to... to get the national, the national shine too. Like, people that are now writing the articles of the up-and-coming guys are now putting Kafka's name right there at the top. Like, he's no longer right. buried as an honorable mention with no text. He's... They, they've pushed hope, it off long enough.
3: He's the. I hope the Mike a Kafka guy. has. I hope Mike Kafka's agent's Bob Lamont. I'm just gonna throw that out there because at least this stuff won't get leaked a whole bunch. He's got the same clients.
4: Um, I'm gonna go with Ole Miss. I think Vietnamese ends up at Ole Miss. Head coach at Ole Miss after Lane Kiffin leaves for LSU or Miami. Okay, that's that's where I'm going with it. He's co- gonna be college. I think I think it's gonna be college. I think coach. it is too
1: and interesting. It sucks. I feel yeah. bad for Eb that he's not getting this chance. The
2: Bears, he should go to the Bears. They have a good reputation with the injury
3: coaching tree. I've got a hot take. I just hope he gets paid. I don't care what level it's at, because at some point, for sure, you go to the you go to high level college. You're getting as much as you get at the NFL. It's just a different kind of pain. You know, you're dealing with recruiting and NIL and playing in that space where it's all recruiting, it's all selling the program and selling yourself and selling the opportunity for those kids. Whereas NFL, it's managing egos and managing this and that getting the quarterback right so all right i just hope he gets paid yeah for
1: sure k Govinger, pick one nfl on thanksgiving or nba on christmas
2: nfl on thanksgiving because football that's why.
3: same i'll watch bad football all day and i'll complain about it like this is awful as i sit there and watch it like (laughs) It's going to happen.
4: For me, um, I don't mind watching good NBA. The problem is regular season NBA basketball isn't good basketball. It, it's people not caring most of the time. It's just nonstop, you know, ISOs one-on-one to see who can score the most points. It's just not fun. You can even put the best teams that you want on Christmas to try to entertain people. And it just, it still rarely works football to me is significantly more exciting even when it's the lions who now i I maintain the lions should be relegated to playing wednesday night while everyone's traveling like just move that on thanksgiving whoever the lions play can just go get their free win on wednesday nights while everyone (laughs) travels but i mean like still give me football over any basketball it's not like game seven of the nba finals
1: NFL Thanksgiving is not even close and I'm upset that there was takes flying around there that NBA on Christmas is is arguable because it's one of 81 regular season games like this is Mm. like the the NFL are 17 weeks in the season 18 weeks in the season you don't get very many opportunities here and like the fan if you are a fantasy football player even the slightest you have a league with your buddies there's there's a level of competition to you that has vested interest in the games, very likely on Thursday, at least one of them. So I mean, I don't even think it's close. I I I I'm sorry. I don't think mean, you could put three really good five, it's like four or five really good NBA, you know, regular season games on the slate. It doesn't matter. A Harney, 1020. Now that it is clear that the Josh Gordon experiment has been a failure. Wow, that's very, that's very strong. Do you think that they took Uh, they look for a wide receiver two in the draft free agency or count on improvement of byron pringle well byron pringle like we said is not even under contract next year i don't care if they bring byron pringle back and josh gordon back and both of them have decent seasons the rest of the year the chiefs will be looking at a wide receiver in some capacity early in the draft next year i just don't think there's any way that they don't start continuing to add long-term assets at that position they need youthful uh pass catchers they need a young guy to come in uh and be another viable option and they need an early early you know, early draft uh, guy or free agency for sure. Did you have something beach? You look like you wanted to say something there.
3: I do a strong word. It just depends what your expectations of Josh Gordon were coming to the team.
1: Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's been a failure yet. Personally, uh, Robbie C considering the quality chasm, is it chasm or chasm? No matter. Uh, I think it's chasm. I think it's chasm. Well, considering the quality chasm of defensive play from the first month of the season to now, how concerned should we be about depth? Are we only one injury away from a sizable regression? I think that's a great Ooh. question.
4: A fun offseason storyline for the Chiefs was that this was the deepest team that they have ever had. And whether you want to think this is the best team that, they, that Andy Reid's ever had for the Chiefs or not, or the deepest or whatever, the fact of the matter was a lot of the same guys that were your depth players the past three to four years were still the same depth players that were here now. Yes, there's been turnover at plenty of positions. you know, This is offensively and defensively. But a lot of the same guys that got fans ire, guys, fans disapproved of these certain backups, are still the backups now. You're still dealing with the same questions. So yeah, I do think that you have to be concerned a little bit with the depth and that you still have kind of the same cast of guys playing the backup role at corner at safety at linebacker that's been there that you have not been happy with in the past. As far as being one injury away, I mean, If you lose Chris Jones, yes, losing the best defensive player on your team is going to hurt any team in the NFL. I don't know if that's going to immediately make them bad, but it's going to hurt. I mean, if you lose one of the linebackers, you know, knock on wood that it doesn't happen. But you can, you know, suffer an injury to just about anybody but Chris Jones or Tyron Matthew, and I don't think you're going to take a huge step back. They'll be able to find ways to cover it up. I think those two guys go down. It's just going to be difficult, and, I mean, it makes sense. That's where all your money, that's where your defense funnels through.
1: All right. Casey from KZ. Casey. Casey asked a great question. What was the dessert of choice on Thursday?
2: I always go with the pumpkin pie. Tried and true classic. I uh, can't go wrong. Add the whipped cream over the, the whole
1: slice. Is it pumpkin uh, pie corn? No, <laughs> I'm Sorry, uh, you can't knock it. family recipes. Can you? No, it's yeah. the name. It was just the name. Anyways, it'd been It
2: would have been pumpkin corn, by the way. Um, but uh, I, you got to go the whipped cream all over the top. Uh, that's what I went with. But I've recently, we had a had a pecan pie left over, and I been eating a lot of pecan pie.
3: Ooh. Mm-hmm. BJ? I would go with the pump, pumpkin pie, same as Tucker. Just lather that thing up with a bunch of whipped cream. Call it good. I always start off the Thanksgiving Day, always have breakfast, piece of pumpkin pie. Like, last 15 huh. years pumpkin pie for breakfast
2: can't beat it
4: hot take i take all of the pumpkin pie and put it directly in the trash can where it belongs (laughs) um then i follow that
3: right next to the cranberry Uh, sauce for me
4: (laughs) okay okay um yeah it's um eggnog with a fair amount of bourbon added to it it's the, the dessert of choice for Thanksgiving, I don't really need the dessert. Like I'm pretty full after the meal, and when I get hungry again, I'll just go make a Thanksgiving sandwich. Uh, so I, I i skip dessert most times, unless there's a cheesecake. Like I'm, I'm a sucker for any cheesecake ever. But if there's no cheesecake, I'm out, and we're just going straight to eggnog and bourbon.
1: <laughs> and it's fun fact about Maddie's Thanksgiving dinner or Thanksgiving dessert—it's like a three-month thing for him.
4: <laughs> it ends mid 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 January. That's that's the oh. end of nog season. <laughs>
1: nog season <laughs> he's got a name for it so uh my mom normally makes this really nice cheesecake with like this thick chocolate ganache she did mm-hmm. it this year and i had to settle for her otherworldly italian cream cake which is extremely good uh it's it's i i yeah yeah i i was not too you disappointed. gotta fix that
4: next year i mean you gotta have the cheesecake
1: i well normally we do uh and i i i was i'm not gonna lie i was a little bit disappointed but my mom worked so hard on that meal it's like i'm not going to complain about her deviating away from the dessert because she's only one woman uh and she is a wonderful teacher so
4: is that our last food question i haven't i haven't i think so okay i'm gonna ask will you bring mac and corn to next year's thanksgiving meal
2: yeah yeah of course
4: no, no, not you talk. I want to ask Kent. I'm asking Kent if oh. he will take that to his okay. family's Thanksgiving meal as like a, hey, look what I brought to add to our family's dinner.
1: I'm oh, willing to try this. I, I am not opposed to trying it at all. I think... Listen, I
3: can you bring... Can you make some and bring it to Vegas in January? Yeah. Yeah. I'll make a pan. I'll make it in Vegas. So what? <laughs> Dude, on we're the spot.
1: A, we're going to Vegas, by the way, for the Shrine Bowl. I don't know if we told anybody that, so... <laughs>
3: Uh, we talked about no. that before.
1: Oh, have we? Okay. Bruce That's in good. the fort. Uh, Bruce in the fort asks Derek Nadi coming on uh, the last few weeks. Are we going to have to re sign him now, right?
2: I am a big fan of Derek Nadi, and it, it might, I just think he's just a really fun guy to be around. Um, I just see, you know, pictures of him on his jet skis. Alex awesome um so sometimes i let these personal opinions get in the way of like man that guy looks awesome yeah we should resign him but no he's a pretty decent football player like he's been playing really well so um yeah i like i like Derek naughty in the middle uh maddie's more the guy if you gotta ask about these these kind of big guys in the middle i guess he didn't want to answer that question then <laughs> he's gonna uh dipped out i was gonna toss it to him but um yeah i think that we should resign him because he looks like a good time <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a Detailed answer there. He looks fun. If he's if he's <laughs> yeah. gonna be
3: if you're gonna pay him as a rotational defensive lineman, then yes, right. But, you don't
1: pay him more than
2: he's worth. I think you pay him what he's worth. But yeah, keep him around. He's I'm a good luck room guy.
1: I'm interested to see what he's worth. Uh, Andy yeah. Nagel asks, "What happens to the chief fence in the off if they play like they have for the rest of the or, or for the last few weeks? What happens with with Frank Clark and Anthony Hitchens?
3: That was that for me." Mm-hmm. I don't think it changes anything. I don't think there's any w- way that those guys could play that would change what's going to happen this off season. I don't think that changes. I think we're all on the same page. And that the second that that deal was signed by Frank Clark, it was a three year deal. Uh, and unless Frank Clark came out and was you know vying for Defensive Player of the Year, which he hasn't been, uh, you can't warrant that contract. Uh, and same thing with Anthony Hitchens you know, the guy, the guy that was drafted to replace him was a high pick was used and he's doing pretty good tackling and, and figuring out his way through it. But Anthony Hitchens turns 30 next year. It's $12 million against the cap. And you could say, save $8 million. And his backup has been playing pretty well, or his, excuse me, the future starter at that same spot has been playing pretty well. So, I'm not sure there's either anything either one of those guys can do at this point, no matter how well they play, that's going to change what happens this offseason. If they want to extend and, and pull like the Sammy Watkins did the last year and figure out a way to, to stay back here a year, I think there's value of having both of those guys in that locker room. It's not about them as people or anything like that. But when it comes to value in the business of football, you got to do what makes sense. And I don't think anyone's going to be surprised inside that locker room if both those guys are playing in different uniforms next year just because it's the business of football.
1: Uh, Grace and Jasper asks, "How much cap space will the Chiefs have next year, assuming we cut Hitch uh, and Frank, as we just talked about, and Orlando Brown on the tag? Is there enough cap to re-sign Tyron Matthew and extend Tyree Kill and sign a wide receiver to our DN?" Yeah, there's. I think you know, like if, if the Chiefs, if the Chiefs cut Hitch, if the Chiefs cut Frank, and they tag Orlando Brown, they're going to have probably forty-ish million dollars in cap space for 2022. Um, if you're extending Tyreek, you are the, the cap hits will be lower uh than they are now for that last year of the 2022 year. So like right now his cap number is 20,000 or 20 million, 21 million. So if they were to extend him, I think they would be able to reduce that cap hit a little bit on the restructure re- extension of that deal. So then you're saving some cap space there. Tyron, you know, if you could if you're signing him to a three-year deal, year one cap hit's gonna be low. So, you know, there's some flexibility for this year. You're kicking the can down the road to some of these bigger cap years potentially and all that stuff. But there's there's ability to do all those things that you just mentioned. Still have room to sign a wide receiver to a long-term deal. And even if you wanted to go on one-year deals at defensive end for a couple guys, you can do it too. Do you have something, Beach?
3: Yeah, it's just most. I think we've seen that you can do a lot with the cap that Brant Tillis and Chris Shea and guys around the NFL, you can manipulate the cap in a lot of different ways. The one thing they can't manipulate when you talk about a deal for Tyron and a deal for Tyreek and whatever Patrick Mahomes' contract looks like, it's not a cap thing. It's a cash spending thing. That's where the real parameters are put on organizations of how much cash can they spend. We saw that years ago with the Cleo Mack deal. Cleo Mack had to get traded from the Raiders because they didn't have enough cash to pay a signing bonus to him. It was a cash problem. It wasn't anything else. And for the Chiefs, it's you can't just re-sign Tyreek and re-sign Tyron Matthew and all these guys if you're giving them both $25 million signing bonuses. That's $50 million in cash. that They got Chiefs got to hand off to somebody and there are budgeted, there are budgets for cash spending. Now I don't know what those are, but if you're looking at like cap there are information out there in Bearcat who we all talk to and are friends with, and he's really, really good and pays attention to this stuff. I always ask him whenever we're DMing or messaging, he's like, what's the cash spending? That's the only thing that matters. So when you're looking at those things, never the cap, start seeing like what these signing bonuses look like and when they defer cash bonuses and things like that. That's where it's really starting to to make an effect on what you can or can't do.
1: Well, and I mean, think about when, when the Chiefs were able to keep Chris Jones, look what the cap hit was. Yeah. Or the, 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 Did they have uh, like
3: $17 and then signed like three signing
1: bonus. The signing, bonus, like, yeah, the the like signing bonus on Chris Jones was dinky, it was very small, and the signing bonus on Mahomes was very small too. So it gave him flexibility to do stuff and finagle yeah. it and, and all that good stuff. T Hog or Thog, I don't know what, what this is. If it's, it's either T Hog or Thog, whatever it is, uh, he asked, Why didn't you let Maddie give us his top 31 draft board on the last pod? <laughs>
4: That's a great. I don't know how I'm supposed to answer this. This is a great question, Kent.
1: Why did you not let me give you my top 31 or 32? I was trying to ever? get out of here. <laughs>
3: on because December first,
1: right before Thanksgiving.
3: <laughs> I want it on December first. I want your top 32 players, and then every month on January first, I want your top 32, and then all the way through, and see how it changes, and see how accurate you are when the draft gets here.
4: Only if it's only if it's on an audio medium and not in print. I just mean going through 32 <laughs> player names. Oh, uh, the only draft take I'm going to shove in here, just you know, we can get out of here at a reasonable time. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson might be my number one overall player in this draft class. I think uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, fantastic, great player, fantastic edge rusher. He would be one. He would go number one in a lot of drafts. I think Aiden Hutchinson might be a little bit better uh, right now as a prospect. He's a little bit bigger, he's stronger, and if he comes out and he has you know the the Bosa level three cone time right there around seven seconds at his size with his tape. I don't see how you don't feel comfortable taking him first overall. I mean, you're an Ohio State fan. I only do this slightly to rub this loss in a little bit to Michigan. Like Aiden Hutchinson had 15 pressures against Ohio Ohio State in that game out of however many times Ohio State has beat Michigan in a row. Like, was that not one of the most dominant performances by a single player in this entire rivalry from either side? I mean, like Aiden Hutchinson was everywhere.
1: It was incredible. And I'm glad you used the word Bosa uh, as if his three cone is Bosa-like because the reality is – He looked like a Bosa, like dominant, just absolutely dominant performance, like length, density, power, you know, winning off the edge, winning through the tackle inside. I mean, he did it all. And it was I mean, it's just it was ridiculous. If you call him the number one player in this draft, I have no issue with that. Uh, Casey from Casey, uh, he, he asked for one offensive player and one defensive player who will continue Uh, to improve and impact the Chiefs positively. Tucker, I'm going to give you offense, and Bede, I'm going to give you defense.
2: Okay, uh, first off, I'm going to say Patrick Mahomes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think it's going to be actually be Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think that he's going to continually improve. I'd like to see him get a little bit... Uh, it sounds like we're broken record when I say this. So I caught myself before I said, it. I'd like to see him get a little bit more involved in the passing game. Um, and I'd like to see him start running north and south a little bit more, make some guys miss. You know, I just want to see him get in the mix there a little bit more and kind of in, improve a little bit. And I think him improving in turns make this makes this offense a whole lot more dynamic.
3: I'm going to go with Rashad Fenton. And I think it's because we've seen him, Make plays on the ball, and we've seen him in big time situations. Not bow down from anybody. You know, there's times where he's getting like Stefan Diggs face, some of these other guys. Like, whoa, easy there, easy there, young guy. But there, it, it's a guy. The more important the games get later in the season, and starting to play in some of these high leverage situations, there's going to be big moments where the ball is in the air, where those guys, Travers Ward, those guys have to make a play on the ball. And right now, I feel very confident the ball is in the air, headed in Rashad Fenton's direction, which I think is a big thing. For a lot of, I'd say, more casual Chiefs fans that don't see him at that level yet, I think we're going to see him continue to ascend and make plays on the ball and be one of the reasons why we're confident about this defense. Because luxurious need, I feel like, for a lot of fans are kind of already there. The way that he played as a rookie, Travis Ward's going to get attacked and the ball's going to be there. I want to see Rashad Fenton continue to make plays.
1: All right, the big institution's biggest fan, and this is actually question number 22. So we gave you an extra one today. He asked if you could take away one play from Spags and one play from Reed so they could never run it again this year. What plays would you take away, Maddie?
4: Um, shotgun the outside zone burn it to the ground get it out of here you can keep under center wide zone you can even go under center outside zone if you must but get rid of the shotgun outside zone there is not a single running back on this team that runs it well please quit doing it it never works defensively I know where Kent's gonna go and I don't have the same hatred for that play as he does so I, I will leave that one out there I don't know if I have a specific one defensively. I I will say this, though. Uh, it's unfortunate. Hopefully, his swagger is coming back a little bit. But anytime that Dan Sorensen's asked to be in man-to-man coverage or anybody but a running back, like right now, I think you just have to scrap it. Like, scrap that package. If you have to put him out there, you're keeping him in a deep zone or you're blitzing. I, you, In man-to-man on Dan Sorensen cannot be a thing until we start to see some kind of improvement. And maybe they get it in practice. So it's time to bring it back out. But no man coverage reps for Dan. No more shotgun outside zone ever, please.
1: I was literally going to go gun outside zone. Um, I also, like, I despise, like, how many double passes have worked in Chiefs history? (laughs) Honestly, like, I know this is very, very descriptive offensively now, but honestly, how many, how many, have we seen just completely fail? Like, I think about the Giants, like Travis Kelsey's attempt against the Giants. But, like, they, the Chiefs whip out a couple double passes every year and they never work. And at best, it's like, like, last, like, I think last year there was one with like Sammy Watkins and he didn't attempt the pass and was able to rush for like a gain of two and get out of bounds. So, like, just do away with that. I, but outside zone's a great one. I cannot I... stand inverted cover two. Uh, and Maddie knew exactly where I was going with this. And Spags really doesn't run this one all that much either. The 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 rotating cover two that he runs, the spot drop, what 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 it slot drop cover two, that I think is how Craig coined it, is the best way to kind of do the same thing that you're trying to accomplish with inverted two. If you don't know what inverted two it is, it's the safeties buzzing down and the cornerbacks playing too deep. They rotate at the snap. And so like there's this big gap down the sideline that any quarterback with eyes will expose every single time you try to run that coverage and it's infuriating so do away with that but the slot drop two does i think a lot of the things that you're trying to accomplish with the same thing so those are mine did you have something bj i'm sorry no i'm good okay well i I don't like
3: that i don't like the sprint draw play but we don't really run that todd haley loved that sprint draw play and never worked
1: Yeah. yeah he had the he had the they did they had some weird footwork with it for castle too like he would go to the quarterback. Or he'd go to yeah. The right. They would hike it to you him, then that? he would
3: run over to the running back and hand it to him. <laughs> it yeah, never worked.
1: <laughs> I, I remember that exactly. Yeah, I know exactly what we're talking about. Well, that was actually twenty two questions, and uh, thank you so much for listening. This is what you get on the KCSN Substack every week. If you like this and you want more of this, you will get it uh, to your favorite podcast platform if you follow the instructions. Uh, every single Friday. So uh, we really appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting what we're doing at KCSN. Make sure you check out Sola KC Fundraiser on all of our social media platforms. Find information there, and we will catch you later.
0: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around